Glory. We started this morning looking in the word of the Lord at the word worship and its use and the Greek and the original Greek and trying to ascertain what we could learn from the word. I know it's sort of an elusive subject about worship and we looked at what is the what is the prize that has been the thing that the enemy has wanted? And I know, you know, a lot of times folks will ask the question, you know, is the devil behind this? Is Bill Gates? Is Fauci? Is somebody else behind it? Is China behind it? Is somebody? And, and I don't have all of those answers, but what I do know is whoever, whatever, has happened and is happening, the enemy can use all of this to overwhelm us with fear and anxiety and frustration and stress and increase the stress level. And all of you have have dealt with stress, I'm sure, at some point in your life, whether it's watching your vehicle burn on fire or whatever, it, it increases your stress level, you know. Uh, what's going to happen next and what's going on? And so what is the prize? The prize is to stop my worship because when I am overrun and I then cannot enter into worship, I may praise the Lord. I may say, oh yeah, Lord, I love you. But am I actively submitting myself to his will and numerous words in the New Testament uh, where this Greek word where it meant that sense of falling down, worshiping, giving yourself in complete submission to God. And that's very important because when you consider that, you know, well, um, I don't know, uh, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do, but yet I want to worship the Lord. Well, unfortunately, those don't go hand in hand. You can't be independent, do your own thing, and truly worship God. You'll have to make a choice because submission to God, submission to his authority, submission to his will, submission to his healing power, submission to his word is necessary to truly worship God. The next word that we looked at this morning was doxa or the glory of God. Numerous places it talks about giving God glory and Paul would normally open and close his books with that very sense of giving God glory to God be the glory he is the one it's magnifying the Lord someone one time said you know when you start having a big problem and the bigger the problem is the only way to defeat that is to make God even bigger to ascribe God with more power. So that's why it says, the Bible says, magnify the Lord with me. Make him bigger in your life. When you get up and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like the enemy is coming at you, you have to start glorifying God. But Lord, I know you've got this. I know you're in control. I know you're up to something good. I can't feel it yet. Right now, I don't see where it's going to be good, but God, somehow, some way, you're going to make all things work together 
for good to them that love the Lord. And so you have to actively do that. That's what brings you into worship. You can, you know, you can just, you know, you can hear the word and you can feel overwhelmed and you can feel depressed and you can, you know, by the time you get about 15 different reports and, uh, and you know, and somebody, you know, you see the pile of rice and here's everybody and here's how many die from, you know, uh, heart attacks and uh, here's how many die from uh, dysentery and goes through the list and here's the two grains or one grain that die from COVID and you know you can just find yourself seething inside huh you can find yourself getting overwhelmed and what is it doing it's the trick of the enemy to keep me from making God bigger and from making God, from worshiping God, from saying, Lord, but you know what? I don't know what you're doing, but you're up to something. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to somehow make God even bigger. The next word that is there used in, in the New Testament to describe worship uh, is sabio, sabo, sabio, which means a sense of piety or of reverence or of respect. Paul used it actually when he described the Athenians when he said I saw you Athenians and there is an altar that you have to the unknown God and whom you therefore have ignorantly worshipped him. In other words you have been reverent to him and you have worshipped him. In fact that sense of piety Paul also talked to Timothy when he says you know that uh, very sense of piety at home and there is a sense of reverence and piety and respect to God and if we've ever seen an hour and a spirit that has been gripping our country and our world with a total lack of respect to the home to authority to the president, to it doesn't matter. Well, you don't know. He's stupid. He's ignorant. I, maybe. I'm not. Whatever. But you know what? Be careful that it doesn't get in your spirit. Be careful that it doesn't stop your worship. Why? Because to him be all glory and honor. And I want to respect him. And you cannot be a channel for a spirit of disrespect and a spirit of anger and vitriol. And I understand it makes news media. And, and whether you watch MSNBC or, or NBC or CBS or Fox or whatever, if you're not careful, they're channeling all kinds of feelings. By the time you get through the broadcast, you can feel like I'm ready to throw away the government. I'm ready to kill everybody. Where's my gun? Where's I'm ready to go after him. And consequently it blocks my ability to worship. Because it stops my ability to say, Lord, you've been so good to me. I humble myself. I need you, Lord. You say, oh, I know, but I'm not mad at God. I'm not being disrespectful to God. I'm disrespecting the president. I'm disrespecting my parents. I'm disrespecting authority. Sorry. Bible says you just can't have one fruit on one branch and another fruit on another. 
you know? And so, you know, it doesn't seem like, you, you don't think about it as being part of something that'll stop my worship. But just, and, and so, you know, at times you've got to be, oh Lord, yes, I know, I agree, they're probably bad, but I don't want to get that in my spirit. Because when I get it in my spirit, it stops me from being able to really worship God like I should. Yeah. Because I have no sense of reverence. And you know what I'm talking about. There's that very sense of Lord. And, then, and you know we could talk about piety at home. And, and to parents and all of that. Paul said that's a form of our worship. That's hard to imagine. But it's really true. Another word that is often used in the New Testament. To describe worship. Is latruo. Which means to serve as a slave or a free man, but to serve, to minister, or as a priest, to offer sacrifice. When Paul wrote to the church in the Philippians, he said, For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. When he said we worship, it wasn't Sikanu, wasn't the wasn't that we give lick, licking the hand it wasn't that we but it was that we serve God what do you mean serve God by in the spirit by rejoicing sometimes <laughs> Paul said rejoice and again I say sometimes it's a real act of service to praise God when you're going through something you know? Well, I don't really like where I am. I don't like the job I have. I don't like what I'm going through right now. Am I going to serve God? Am I going to worship God? By saying, Lord, but you're still great. I am not going to put my confidence in myself. And that's why, you know, whenever the Lord told Satan back, and I read it to you this morning, when he said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship, that means serve in a, in a submitted way, the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Serving there was this next word here. This uh, latruo was this Greek word. So he put him, him here, he said, you're going to worship him and you're going to serve him. Believe it or not, Acts the 24th chapter Paul was confessing to Felix and he said by this I confess unto thee the way which they call heresy so worship I the God of my fathers he said I serve the Lord believing all things which were written in the law and prophets you say well sometimes just going through the daily part of getting up reading the word praying I don't feel like it oh I've got so much to do oh I don't like the reports I'm overwhelmed you know what I need to do this because I need to praise the Lord today I need to read his word today I need to obey the word today oh but that's just a oh that's hard at times you know what that's what it means being a disciple I'm just going to discipline myself that I'm going to open the word I'm going to read the word I'm going to serve him it's not because oh well, you saying I need to pray through every day for me? Well, no, you're perfect. You don't need it, but God needs you to serve him. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the only way it'll convince you, think in terms of I'm doing it for God. Coming into the house of the Lord, raising your hands, worshiping the Lord. Why are you doing that? Well, not only for me, but I also am supposed to serve him. 
wants my praise. He wants my adoration. He wants my sense of service. <clears throat> Paul wrote in Hebrews, whose voice shook the earth, but now hath promised, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but the heaven. And we've been reading that in Revelation. And this word, yet once more, signifies the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that were made. And those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now he's tying it back into that sense of reverence and respect. You cannot serve God unless you respect God. For our God, what? <laughs> is a consuming fire. And I realize some people, well, I don't want to talk about revelation. I don't want to talk about the end of the world. I don't want to talk about what's coming. I just want to be able to do whatever I want to do. Oh, you know what? Sometimes you've got to serve God with purity and with no fear, with holiness, with righteousness. Remember when Paul wrote to Timothy, he talked about God had not given us a spirit of fear, but he started off by that first chapter letter to Timothy. He said, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. Luke, Jesus said that thou would grant us being delivered into the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness, righteousness before him all the days of our life. Our service to God is holy. Our service to God is special. When I get up and I say, Lord, I, I, whether it's a, given a, a, a thing of water, whether it's putting a sticker on it and saying I don't know who I can be a blessing to today I don't know who I'm going to come across that I can witness to I don't know who it is that I can come and minister to maybe say a prayer maybe it's behind my mask and they'll never see it but Lord I'm here to serve you I want to be a conduit of your love and your grace and your mercy I need to serve God that's my worship to God say well I, I don't feel like serving God. That's why the Lord told the parable. He said, when, the, when you come in and you've been serving your master and then both been working in the field and you come in and he says, get me something to eat. What are you doing? Okay, Lord, rejoice evermore. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, I don't feel like I can go another day. I don't feel like I can take the stress anymore. That's whenever I say, greater is he that's in me. What are you doing? I'm serving him with godly fear and reverence. I don't know. He's coming soon. I don't know when, morning, night, or noon. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's using all the things that he's using. But what I do know is I want to worship him. I would rather serve him than serve the Antichrist. Hallelujah. Okay. Luke, the second chapter. One more verse with this Latruo. Anna, remember the lady that was, in, that was there in the temple when she saw the baby brought in. The Bible says Anna was a lady who was at least 84 years of age. And the way it's written, it could mean that she was 84 after having been married and 84 years after that. I don't know, but she was not a spring chicken. But what she had been doing every day was serving the Lord. 
Next slide. Sorry, Sister Tracy. I tried to touch it. It didn't go. But she was a widow of about 84 score. That's four 20s, 80, 84 years. She departed not from the temple, but served God with what? Fasting and prayers when? Night and day. That was her act of worship. I want to tell you something. When you witness to somebody, when you give a bottle of water, when you give a card, a blessing card, when you have a prayer, you know, people say, well, I want to do something. I want to serve. You are serving God. When you have a smile instead of, you know, like everybody else, you know, and, and is there enough to frustrate you? Oh, hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe all the stressors come to me all week. I don't know. There's enough going on in your life that you can get mad and bow your back and feel angry and I'm going to let you have it. Or I can say, I need to serve God. I need to pray for him. I need to miss a meal. Oh, God, help him. Help him. I don't know. They're so confused. They're so worried. They're trying to do what they can. Oh, God, give them wisdom. I, oh, but you know, I know what they're doing, preacher. I know how they're bad they're being. I know, but you know what? God's still in control of all of this, Lord. I want to serve you with everything within me. I don't want to allow myself to get so caught up that that it stops my worship, that it stops me from doing good. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. This, uh, my next slide there, it's a, it's a long word. I tried to pronounce it. I listened to it about 15 times. Ethelothriskia, ethelothriskia, or something like that. And it's another Greek word. And it actually means that your worship can be fake. It means fake worship. Will worship by my willpower. Paul used it one time in Colossians when he said, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship. A show of humility and neglecting the body and in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. In other words, whenever I'm, whatever I'm doing, it's really all about me and it's not about the Lord. And that's so easy in this hour to make it all about me. We have a self, selfie society and we like to pick, take a picture of ourselves, and we like to know what it's all about me and this is what I, and Lord, you know, this just life is hard on me and it's all about me and it's all about who I am and what I'm going through. And it can stop my real submission to God. And I've seen people get so angry at what somebody did to me and they hurt my feelings and they did it to me and they said it to me. And I'm not going to go back to church. And I'm not going to raise my hands. And I'm not. And I think, you've missed the whole point. I'm sorry. I'll apologize for me. I'll apologize for them. But you know, at some point, it's not about me. Right. I came here to worship him. Amen. Oh, but you don't know. I, the Lord wants me to be happy. And the Lord wants me to be is that what he wants? Or does he want me to serve him? Is he the king of kings and the Lord of lords? 
Is he the one in control? Do I wake up every morning and say, Lord, here's my day. Thank you for letting me open my eyes in another day. Use me today however you want. Or do I wake up in the morning and say, now I've got to go to my job and I've got to do my work and I've got to get my things done and I've got to have my way and my, my, my. Or do I start it by saying, well, you don't understand, Pastor. It's not my personality. It's not my demeanor. It's not my temperament. It's not my Oh, really? You weren't raised in a kingdom. Because in a real kingdom, you don't get to say, well, it's not my. You say, it's whatever the king wants. Thy kingdom come. Oh, Lord, if you don't mind, the flesh said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, it's not about me. Oh, it's all about him. If we're going to really be the lighthouse that we need to be in this hour, we are going to have to make sure we are worshiping him more than ever before. I want, and, and we had reports this morning where people felt the Shekinah of God that were watching online, felt the anointing. And I want people to feel the presence of God because I want us to come in. It's not about me. It's not about what, oh, I don't like wearing a mask. I don't like this. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, I. But you know what? There's another, I was glad when they said unto me. I just, one more time, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll shut us all down, but one more time, I'm not preaching to puppets. I'm excited. Amen. <laughs> one more time, I I get to hear a few amens. <laughs> One more time, I'm not turning around preaching to all of those on the platform. One more time. I don't like it. My, you know, my wife's gone to all kinds of places via video. Isn't it fun? No. It's cumbersome. It feels bad. I don't like it. But you know what? Lord, it's not about me. I want to honor you. If I have to praise God through a mask, if I have to raise my hands when a screen and point at a screen and get my family around me, raise my, I want to do everything I can. Oh, last slide, sister. It goes back to the first word. Remember? The word was proskenio. Proskenio. That bow down and lick the hand. One of the last places it's used is at the end of Revelation. When John said, I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, what did he do? I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these visions. Those were amazing. And the angel said, no, 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 no. Don't fall down and worship me. 
see that thou doest not, for I am your fellow servant, the brethren of the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book. What was his last command to John? Don't worship me. Worship God. Oh, I appreciate everybody praying for me. That's great. But you got to still worship God. Whether I'm right, wrong, it's not about me. It's about God. You say, well, I, I don't. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying right now. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Are you saying it's the end time? We're going to be here another year, another four years, another eight years? I don't know. More's happened in the last four months than I could have ever imagined could happen in four months. Just being real with you. It's been one hour. Man, the whole world's changed. Travel. And just, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm grasping. Every day I get a new report. But what I do know is there's somebody who's the same yesterday. He's still in control. <laughs> and he still is after one thing. Will there be somebody somewhere that's going to worship me regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what they're experiencing, that, that will say, Lord, here I am to worship you. We're here one more time. We're here one more time. We're just going to worship you, Lord. I don't know what else was going to happen, but one more time. Hallelujah.